Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. David Gaspers. And I'm with Honky. Uh, who'd have thought five years ago when we started this thing that, uh, you know, this weekend we're doing a live cast here in front of the, the Hill Varsity Club, uh, friends and family. Uh, Ken, one half of the Generation Pod, Generation Red Pod uh, with Scott and his, uh, his wife Wanda here. Uh, you know, Max family and Max not even here, but, uh, you know, great, <laughs> great showing there. Who would have thought five years ago we'd do that? Who would have thought we'd get press passes this weekend? Who would have thought we'd never watch a bowl game? So, uh, you know, thank you all. Thank you all for showing up. I thought I was like, what took us so long? <laughs> I was like, well, how hard is this podcasting thing? Yeah. I had no idea. Very hard. Also with Boomer. Well, I'm happy to be here live at the uh, Hale Varsity Club enjoying a Redcast cooler. And I'm also happy for any of our uh, loyal Jayster listeners. Not only is your volleyball season straightened out early, you got one game into the NFL season. You can already toss your Rams jerseys and go and get those Bills gear. You've been out of so congrats, Jaysters. It's been a real time saver for yes. you already. So. The uh, Redcast cooler is quite delicious here. It oh. reminds me of the cactus cooler that you heard about in the Flintstones. Remember that, guys, when you were kids? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. So, Boomer, no. would this make it's it? It's almost that dangerous, I think. Yeah. Would this make it to your Redcast on the rocks? I think it would. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. We can add it later. Well, guys, it is uh, the Friday night before Nebraska takes on Georgia Southern. And uh, I'm here in town from Colorado. Excited to have the press passes that you alluded to, uh, Honky. Uh, me and Boomer will be there and hopefully giving a lot of great coverage to uh, all the Redcasters. Um, before we get into the show and previewing Georgia Southern and maybe doing some best bets as well, let's uh, take care of business with our sponsors. Hey, Boomer. So uh, first off, we start with the Hail Varsity promo here. And uh, you go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe. Use promo code REDCAST. You get $10 off your annual subscription to Hail Varsity. Uh, next up is Alumni Hall, uh, two locations in Lincoln. I just went there yesterday, took Alex, bought, uh, got a, a black shirts flag and a little Husker football. He loved it. Uh, two locations, downtown 11th and P, and then South Point Pavilion's the new one right behind Barnes & Noble. Uh, next is FSC Edge. Uh, Redcasters, if you're looking to make a job change, uh, check out FSC Edge. You can find them at www.jobsatfsc.com. And last but not least, our good friends Shane and Laura from Smack and Smooch Custom Shirts and Specialty Items. Uh, we, were, we were already giving out some of the koozies earlier. Uh, we've got some shirts and giveaways that uh, we'll throw out there, too. So uh, and the War Daddy Up shirt there. 
So uh, make sure that uh, you check them out. Smack and Smooch, you can find them on Facebook and on Twitter. Whew. There you go, Dave. All right. Business done. Let's have some fun, guys. Business done, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, you, Boomer, you alluded to the uh, volleyball match. Uh, yeah. So I think one of the uh, tweets of the week you wanted to bring up, Honk, was about that Nebraska-Creighton matchup earlier this week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the official attendance for that was over 15,000, 15,797. Uh, it's a brand-new NCAA attendance record for a regular season match. That's awesome. Omaha shows up for all kinds of events, whether it's, you know, podcasts on Friday nights or, or volleyball games. Uh, in fact, uh, not only was that the record attendance, 13, the top 13 attended regular season volleyball matches in NCAA history have been in the state of Nebraska. 14 of the top 17 are from the state of Nebraska. That's an amazing uh, feat for a state here, 1.9 million. I think we should have a uh, prize given to anyone who can name the uh, 14th most attended regular season volleyball match without looking it up. You really could give, us, do that. you could give us anything because I don't know the answer. We would just assume that. Right. Yeah, we can't fact check any of that. So. Yeah, we can't fact check any of it. But it's a, a great start again to the season. I mean, uh, that game, and thankfully, who all got to see the, the fifth set, the final set after they switched it over to FS2? All right, so we've got some hands up there. Good. Uh, you know, it, it seems crazy that uh, a game would get switched like that right in the, right in the mid. You know, that doesn't happen – you don't well, see any other sport that there's so many to. Padre fans out there that really wanted to see that matchup. Oh, that was really important. So of course, yeah. That just goes, I think it's something we brought up a bunch of times on the podcast, just the lack of real exposure and dedication to actually broadcasting sports like that, especially like women's sports, women's volleyball. It mm-hmm. doesn't get the credit. It should. I mean, that's a far more exciting game than that. the start to a it's baseball game TV. nobody cared about. It. It's perfect TV sport. We brought that up many times. And it just kind of shows the challenge that those sports have to grow. We've, we've got broadcasters that are willing to put them on, you know, Fox Sport 9, you know, enough <laughs> or something. It makes it impossible for half this fan base to see or anybody else of interest. They just need to shift, put more dedication into those kind of sports. And I think it'd be an easy, easy sell. But yeah, how are you yeah. supposed to grow a sport when you, you hide it? Uh, yeah. you know, I, I go back to the and it's not because there's not uh, interest. 15,000 people show up for that. Yep. 17,000 people showed up for the one in Omaha when Nebraska played Texas for the championship. Yep. And that was on ESPN2, so that ESPN1, the flagship network, could be showing uh, Appalachian State against, I think, Ohio in, like, the Carmichael Bowl. or so. I, I don't know. We posted <laughs> it. It was <laughs> no offense to Frank so much. Nothing yeah. against that. No, yeah. but, I mean, there was, like, 30,000 people at a bowl game, and that, that got front billing. So, uh, again, this is, more, this is more a positive thing, not negative. This is positive towards uh, Nebraskans support their, their volleyball, and uh, that was great to see. Uh, the next tweet uh, is a, a basketball one. Uh, we're not far away from uh, year four of Hoiberg. That could be fun. It's only year four, huh? <laughs> only year four. Wow, it feels like it's been forever. All the wins we've watched. Gosh, it's just been a these last five years. One after. We did, did, we made a great time to start a Husker sports podcast, <laughs> didn't we? Yeah. yeah. No, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, anyways, they just announced the uh, basketball uh, Big Ten conference schedule. And so... We start with, I think, and this is from Hale Varsity, uh, seven of our first eight opponents that we play in Big Ten basketball are uh, teams that made the tournament last year. So a good, nice, you know, easy lead-in to uh, the, the season. Runway, it's a runway, I believe. Yeah, runway. Yeah. 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 Well, well I, I think those are. Spells success. Hoiberg needs about a, a 10-year runway, and then I think we'll be okay. Um, that's That could be problematic. It takes a long time to turn around a roster in a basketball well, never mind. No, never mind. Not <laughs> at all, basis. right? December 7th and 10th are our two early Big Ten games. We play at Indiana, and then Purdue comes here right away. Big Ten basketball, I mean, 
uh, Indiana has All-American big man Trace Jan- uh, Jackson Davis, 6'9", 245. And then when we play Purdue, they've got a 7'4 center because they do every year. I'm <laughs> sure the guy's from Russia. I'm sure he boxed Rocky once. But he's 7'4 center, Zach Eady. So big guys right away. We've got to be ready immediately, and that's been an area of concern for basketball. We'll get that more as the season goes up gets closer with our Nebraska ball segment, but uh, uh, yeah, there's size and there's, there's style that gets played in the big 10 and we've had trouble with both. Yeah. Big Ten's never easy. And that's going to be the case again this year. So um, if, if Fred does um, get us on the right track, he's going to, he's going to earn it. Yeah. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, anything else on the uh, early no, tweets of the week? That's the tweets of the week. All right. Let's go ahead and put our scarlet colored glasses on and talk all things Husker football. And, uh, Honk, there was the uh, Thursday press conference, and I think you have enough video of Scott Frost here that I think he's on the show with us. Yeah, well, you know, it's always good to – we want to make sure that what we're showing from him, you know, it's coming from him. You know, we're not making this up. We're not putting words in his mouth. Uh, Sometimes that guy gets – fake news. He gets misquoted sometimes, and we're not going to do that. We'll just play his video, and you can can listen to it and come up with your own conclusions. So – but, no, he – a lot to say, and we'll start with, uh, I guess, what he had to say about Georgia Southern. Uh, they're athletic. Um, you know, they're making a transition on on offense. I uh, think they have some good pieces. Their receivers can really run. We've seen the quarterback before. Uh, O-line does a really good job. Uh, you know, it's been an option team, so really impressed with the way they come off the ball. Um, defensively, they got guys that can run and move all over the place, so uh, they're not short of athletes, and, and I know they'll be well coached. All right there. Well, um, he, he did allude to the transition of the Georgia Southern offense right now. Clay Helton is the new head coach down there. As we mentioned on our, our regular Monday uh, podcast, that Georgia Southern for better half of 40 years have been a triple option team, right? They were FCS. I think they won, man, Boomer, maybe six, eight, nine national championships at the FCS level. Um, transitioned over to FBS in 2013. Uh Good coaching tree down there. Um, so uh, Paul Johnston, uh, the Georgia Tech uh, head Maybe, coach, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and various other triple option coaches have all come out of Georgia Southern. Um, so it's a big transition. And uh, Clay Helton, if, if you know about coaching, right, Clay Helton is the son of Kim Helton, who was a longtime uh, college coach, also coached uh, in the USFL back in the day. I can't remember who it was, Orlando, something like that. He was he coached Houston. Um, his other son is the head coach at Western Kentucky. Uh, so uh, the Heltons have been uh, that Western Kentucky tie for a long time. And um, Clay Helton actually hired away Western Kentucky's offensive coordinator uh, for the last three years, Brian Ellis, I believe. Yeah, uh, to be his his OC. That's of note because um, uh, the Western Kentucky quarterback last year was zappy bradley zappy i forget his first the, name the patriots yeah he got drafted by the patriots fourth round last year had 6900 yards of passing uh yards last year 60 some touchdowns only 11 ints they throw the ball a lot guys um so last week's uh stats are not an aberration at all um you're gonna see a lot more of that it'll be interesting to see if the weather has an impact on that passing game mm. well and frost talked about that the weather tomorrow in Lincoln, uh, we're talking about rain. There could be some storms. Uh, Frost made reference to that as he talked about uh, what the weather could do and the importance that we're going to need to be able to run the football in that weather. We'll see what the weather's like. Hopefully it doesn't change anything. Um, 
we got to handle it. If it turns into a type of game where you have to run the ball to win, then uh, hopefully we're equipped for that. I hope too. Um, I <laughs> think it'd be so unlike a frost game to be impacted by weather. <laughs> no kidding. If there's lightning tomorrow, I tell you. Yeah, there's your press pass. Just sit up there and watch a lightning strike. But um, <laughs> you know, the we need to run the ball whether the rain is coming or not. I mean, that's that's the one thing, and the, there's no hopeful about it. If we can't run the football, and I've said that a hundred times, and we don't have Rob here to uh, to argue the the merits of that, and even he's come around. I, I give Rob crap, but. Uh, the reality is, is that you need to be able to run the football. And that was part of my problem with the first six quarters. And I think so far this season, it's really a, it's a matter of, of six quarters and two quarters. The first six, the four against Northwestern, the first half against North Dakota. It's one of the most unimaginative offenses I've ever seen. It is pocket passing with not using any of the legs that, that Casey can bring. It, it's a run game that's a simple turn and handoff and, and yep. no fake, very, you know, limited fakes. And even if you did try to fake it, we weren't running it with them anyway. So um, what gives me hope, though, is that what I saw those last two quarters actually, I mean, that's what I was texting you guys in the first half. That's that's what I wanted to see. We started to see him scramble. So they finally listened to you. Well, they finally saw, maybe they saw one of my tweets. I don't know. Uh, hey. Or text, not tweets. I don't, yeah. <laughs> one of my texts, right, is that essentially what you saw in the second half, we were, he scrambled a couple times, but they called an option. Uh, think of the, the touchdown pass to Chancellor Brewington. That's out of a, a little short rollout. Move the pocket. I think the offensive line is too easy to they get picked on, and they, they make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, de- I'm not defending them to the end, but they also aren't the, the end-all, be-all, the, the only reason that we, we've struggled. You can do things to schematically X's and O's help that O-line too. Rolling a pocket, running option. It's amazing how all of a sudden some of those gaps open up. Yep. And so – I've been told forever that you, the only way we can open up the run game is you have to stretch a team vertically. I don't disagree, but you can also stretch them horizontally. Osborne was a king of that with Os, with an option. Mm-hmm. Teams want to put guys in the defenses in the, the box, run outside of it. They start to spread out, hit them up the middle. So we can do that too. And, and boy, we've got some, some good parts with the running game that we started to see last week with Grant and Allen. And, and, and quite honestly, with, with Thompson. I don't want 25 carries a game like we had with Martinez, but we can have more than one. Yep, that's right. Actually, I just saw that Anthony Grant is, I think, number three in the country in rushing. Of course, he's had two games. Yeah. <laughs> no, hey, well, I don't know if that advantage is going to hold up much longer. But <laughs> well, if he keeps averaging 145 yards a game, that could. sure. So that's that's where he's. I mean, look, it's what it's way too early, and yet I still say it. He he's I, at the very least, he's the best looking back I've seen us have since Amir. I don't without even a yeah, question. I think you're right. His jump cut, the things that he does, the elusiveness that he has. When he and I, I try to temper this with the fact that it was North Dakota, but that's still, I mean, he literally hurt a guy's ankle when he made that cut. The guy that, that fell and they say, you know, hey, you know, he broke the guy's leg. He damn near did. <laughs> that was really a, that's a I mean, great that, cut. That, so the ankle's at least tender. Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> sore the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hawk, you um, alluded to it in our intro there, the awesome uh, Thunderstruck, but uh, tomorrow's night, uh, Tomorrow's game is at night, first mm-hmm. uh, night game this year. Got to be exciting for that, right? Absolutely. Uh, that always fuels up the uh, the crowd a little bit more. Uh, a little you bit have more a time of, to lubricate. A couple extra hours. I've, uh, I think we've all tired of the 11 a.m. games over and over again. There's a time and a place for them. But that's yeah, what do you about- kickoff. <laughs> the big, big noon the next week against Oklahoma, that's fine. But sometimes it's nice to have a night game, especially early in the season if it's been hot. But that's not going to be an issue tomorrow. In fact, uh, bring your ponchos and bring your sweatshirts. It's supposed to be in the 60s for it. Uh, but, uh, no, it's a night game environment is awesome. And 
obviously they've created this in the last year, the, the thunderstruck thing that happens. Yeah. Light show between third and fourth quarter. I thought it was interesting. Last week was Will Compton doing, what was the boomer? What's the song? He was Timmy trumpet. Yeah. Yeah. So that maybe that becomes a new third quarter thing during the day when you don't have the light show capabilities. That was a, a, it certainly took off on social media. Um, Also on social media for us, my son, Alex, I got photos with him and Will yeah. Compton. That was a lot of fun. Will Compton are you, was, like, are you suggesting that they should have like a guest fake trumpeter? Or oh, I think so. Right. I would do it. You in could be that. I could yeah. be. I could be fake trumpeter like one time. I mean, if we can get press New passes, I can get, for you. Yeah, I can. You know, play the trumpet for a while. Why not? <laughs> um, yeah. So we're playing at night. <laughs> I, I think. I think there's video of Scott Frost talking about playing at night, right? Oh yeah. Does he address trumpets at all before I play? This? I hope so. Okay. Uh, I love playing at night. I think the kids have energy at night. I think our our environment in here is as good as anywhere in the country, always, but particularly at night. And I think the only challenge is getting ready for the next week and not having as much time on Saturday night. So, Dave, this is, a, as he said, this is a, as good an environment as anywhere. Maybe this is the time to talk a little bit about what we talked about on Monday night. How good is that environment in Memorial Stadium? There was, there was booze last Saturday. As we went into uh, halftime, not lubricating booze, right? Not so. not that kind of booze. Well, there could have been. I mean, I'm sure there's there's been booze in that stadium well, before, but no, maybe. never. But a, a different type of booze, uh, the Boo Birds that came out, and it was when Nebraska was seven seven. Yes, North Dakota going into half. Uh, as I mentioned, it's a tale of six quarters and two quarters. Um, it seemed like the first six quarters, it kind of the the fan base. I think there's a little bit of an overflow of of uh, energy, <laughs> negative energy, yeah. whatever you want to call yeah. it. Um, some of that also was the situation of how the se- second quarter ended with the timeouts and all that. But we had a, a pretty lengthy discussion. And then on the drive down here, we, we heard uh, we were listening to Hale Varsity Radio and Chris Schmidt. They were talking about some of the same things with the uh, just the, the fan base. What is the role of a fan? I'd love to even kind of pull the people here. You know, I guess before we even talk about it, Yeah. Raise your hand. Booing or not? It, it, is booing OK? Raise your hand. I don't see a single hand here. So this aligns with uh, Redcast Rob. Rob. And most of our responses on uh, social, social media, media, same boat, anti-booing in the stadium, mm-hmm. uh, which I completely understand. Uh, Chris Schmidt of Hell Varsity Radio, you mentioned we were listening to the show on the way up. Um, on the opposite camp, saying that, hey, you know, the fans are invested. Uh, they have a right to express their uh, displeasure. I kind of... Uh, go on that side i suppose but i don't i don't i don't think the booing needs to be necessarily um with ill will um right it, it's actually you're trying to communicate that you expect a better product in the field hmm. and uh, at times we haven't always seen that right so it, it's a tough call i understand hmm. um and it's good that people have their their own opinions on that one right but uh hopefully we just don't need to have a lot of booing going forward right that's yeah. that's that's the problem well when we had we had steve Sipple on uh, just before the season started and we played that video on monday night's show so we had a, about a half hour discussion on this on monday go back redcasters watch it on youtube uh it was it was titled you know what does it mean to be a fan basically and what's the role of a fan but uh Sipple talked about how you know he had those conversations with ron brown longtime assistant coach and current analyst and ron brown said fans absolutely are invested in this this pro- program in the product and they have every right to voice their displeasures the way that he stated it. Now, we can argue and you know the specifics behind what does that look right. like. Is booing okay? Boomer, you brought up a good point where look at what UCLA fans did. They didn't boo. They just didn't show up. 
right. 27,000 people in the in the, the UCLA the Rose Bowl, um, and there wasn't even that many. Uh, so you you know some people put their bags over their head. They just they leave the game. Whatever. Um, you can voice your your displeasure in a lot of ways. We would prefer that they don't boo. I mean, ideally, um, I think it was premature in the season to boo at six yeah, quarters. That's probably fair to say. That would be my my. If this is game seven and but, we're doing that, that's a whole different. Yeah. Thing. Again, and I think the conversation we heard with on Hellbuster Radio was like, you know, there's just this has been bubbling up for the last you know four plus years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the expectations with the Scott Frost era was that this was going to turn around and turn around pretty quick. He even told us that yeah. he thought it would turn around pretty quick. Um, and it just hasn't happened. And then that's inevitable that you're going to have some fans that are going to have to, I mean, it, it wasn't just because it's, it's this halftime of the second game of the season. It's the mm. second game of the fifth year, fifth year and we've got 15 wins. The right? challenge that here's the challenge. I think this is the best staff that we've had in the five years. I like the changes that they made. There, there needs to be time for it to, to come together. And he doesn't have time to do that. And yeah, I mean, they've got to win like, Tomorrow's a non-negotiable. You've got to win that game tomorrow. You just have to. Um, I think a lot of people would have thought after four games, we'd probably be about three and one. Well, you've already lost that one game that I think people thought yeah. was a W. And what that turns the next game against Oklahoma into is, is kind of a must win. Not a nice to have, but a must have at that point. You, we need wins. That, yeah. that is one thing that's really important. At the same token, how do we – we're going to struggle too. We have new – quarterbacks new running backs new wide receivers new position coaches all that so it's natural that we're going to struggle a little bit right now how do we differentiate that i know how do you not carry over four years of anger to a team that had nothing to do with those four years most of these guys didn't yeah the the second that casey thompson throws that interception oh no that's just another one no no 99 of those were were martinez this is a new one but you know (laughs) yeah you know it's so right now, it looks, looks too, too similar. I think what has to happen is they're figuring some things out. And after that interception that made it 17 to 17, we ran the ball 11 straight times at one point. Right. We, that's where you see option. That's where you see rolling out. I mean, whatever they tried to do for those first six quarters, something changed fundamentally. And on defense was the same thing. I mean, the less zone, more blitzes, more man to man. And you see guys breaking up passes, uh, you know, one on one drape coverage. I mean, that's. That's a different style from what we saw a lot of the first six quarters. Now, do you think it's from fundamental changes they made, or is that just we were playing an FCS team without depth and wore them down just to well, play the other card of this? We, we could. It, it, I'm not saying we didn't wear them down, but we still ran different things. I mean, that's the that's the, essentially yeah, what that's it is. That second half, the amount of uh, unbalanced line sets that we were going back and forth with, moving Prohaska over to the, to the right, um, and, again, running the option. Uh, getting the quarterback's legs more involved, that's different. And on defense, where we had zero sacks through six quarters, in that second half, it was more aggressive where we were playing more man-to-man. you got to get up on these guys, stop giving them five-yard catches in zones. And we're, we're tackling to, traditionally is at its worst at the beginning of the season anyways, and, and it has been. I mean, being right on them, I mean, that last breakup of the last play of the game, Tommy Hill, Hill. Yep. I mean, there's no room to make a tackle. You're just you're there to knock the ball down. It's not let him catch it and, and make the tackle. He was he was there to knock the ball yep, down. That's right. And there's that's one of the differences with man to man versus zone. Uh, you can be a little bit more aggressive there. And uh, and so what I'd like to see is four quarters of that now. We let's not be you can't be scared to go out and play Georgia Southern. Nope. You know, athletically we we are, we have more talent than them. Get out there and and 
and get on them, get on them right away. Force them, you know, put them into positions that, you know, they can make mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we got another video with Frost talking about the better tackling. Before we get there, Boomer, I do want to uh, remind all the uh, longtime Redcast uh, listeners. Honky just said that we had the best, best coaching staff since uh, Scott Frost has gotten here. Correct. I, I remember in year one, I believe Honky also said that the new defensive uh, coaching staff was the uh, under Mike Riley, under Riley was the, the best he'd seen since what's, when? Uh, well, since McBride. And <laughs> what's crazy right. is if you look at the guys that are actually on that staff, then Trent Bray, linebackers coach, he's doing really well. Individually, this is a, actually it's a perfect example. Individually, those guys are great individual coaches. Um, was Dante Williams on that? Dante Williams, who's, who's, a, who's interim a, head coach at USC for a couple at of years. USC. Uh, what Trent Bray has been doing already at Oregon State. I love John Prell as a D-line coach. I mean, he was a great – those are great individual coaches. Diaco won a Broyles Award, and he's, he's becoming our but DC it, it at that time. Work. It just – nothing came together, and took, though. Maybe, and maybe if they had more time, uh, it would have been okay, maybe. But maybe. That's, that's the question ahead of us with this offensive yeah. staff is how quick can they get, get this together? Again, I'd say that there's a lot of comparisons I could make, and this is scary because it didn't work in 2017. But offensively, Applewhite, I think, is a great teacher. As, as a running backs coach. I love what Mickey Joseph can do as a wide receivers coach. Um, you know, Whipple brings as much experience as we've had as an OC. There's a lot of great individual parts in each one of those coaches. How does, does it come together? That, that's a whole nother question. Can, can they create, they're struggling right now through the yep. first couple games to find an identity on offense. And, you know, I mentioned that right away in that first game, you can't go 44 passes and 29 rushes. You just can't. That's not, that's not a, Recipe for success in the in the Big Ten. We need and this last game we were forty one rushes to twenty one passes. Okay, flipped it around. Yep. And so you're going to need more of that. Uh, and and you got to start developing that now. That's the thing. If Rob, if Rob was sitting here, he'd say, you know, you take what the defense gives you. Bullshit. What you got to be able to do is you got to go out there and know what you what are you doing well and do it. Okay, if we play Wisconsin, we can give them the pass all day. They're still, if they're getting 10 yards of rush, they're just going to run on us. Because at some point, you have to stop that. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I like to harken back to some, some good years of, of Nebraska football. The last game of Osborne, 97, we played Tennessee, and they came out, and they threw the kitchen sink to stop the running game. And what did Osborne do for the first quarter? He ran, and it didn't look great. They stopped it. I mean, we, we weren't scoring touchdowns. But in the second quarter, we're, we're already starting the wear down process a little bit. And then about six, couple minutes in the second quarter that's when they they dialed in some passes deep pass across the middle of sheldon jackson you throw it deep over to to uh, matt davison and they did a motion and throw it to newcomb three passes took them down the field they scored a touchdown and tennessee was off their kilter the rest of the game at halftime we were up 14 to 3 and then the third quarter we ran for 200 yards and the game was over by the end of the third quarter but that's how osborne did he didn't come out and go oh you, you're trying to take away the run let me take what, what you're giving us what are you good at yeah yeah. That's that's my problem. I, I, I'm rambling here, but my goodness, the first year of Callahan. Well, let's we first year of Callahan. We play we play Iowa State. We lose to Iowa State badly. And they said in film, in film the eight seven game. Yeah, they in film they said they identified you know weaknesses in Iowa State's pass defense. Yeah, we have weaknesses in our pass offense, and we couldn't take <laughs> advantage of that. Be good at something. So, anyway, be good at something. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing that we need to be better at is tackling. I think the next video is. About that, yeah. hmm? the defense always practices hard. We wanted to make sure to give them full speed looks. Um, it just seemed to me, like I said, like we were a half a step away from a number of plays. And uh, sometimes when you're 
when you're practicing against scouts, you can get there without being quite at full speed. And um, hopefully against our ones, they they need to have be a step closer to plays in order to make them. And um, we'll see if that helps. You gonna play the tackling one too? That the next one up? Oh sure. It went okay. It was a good. It was a good start. Uh, I think it can still get better, but we got some good speed looks this week, and um, you know, we've done a lot of that before. But want to make sure we're continuing to improve and play at that speed uh, through the course of the week, and hopefully it pays off. This is something that we talked about for the last couple of weeks, actually, when we were previewing the Northwestern game. One thing we talked about, uh, I, I took the over in, in that game, Nebraska Northwestern. Because I'm like, well, defenses. Um, you know, it's hard to practice against air. Uh, you don't have as much physicality in uh, fall camp these days, uh, not as much scrimmaging. And uh, sure enough, um, there's more points scored in that game than expected. And that happens all across college football because, I mean, most coaches are, are being protective about their, their players and player safety. And you're just not going to have that. Um, but eventually you got to got to have some some more physicality in practice to replicate game conditions. Right. And that's what he's mm-hmm. talking about there. Yeah, you can only green jersey for so long. Yep. I mean, at, at the end of the day, football is still going to be played on the field the way, and you've got to play it that way in a practice. And nobody wants injuries in practice. There's ways that you can try to do it safe, uh, safer than than other ways, I guess. But at the end of the day, the NCAA already cuts down how many practices you have, how many two-a-days you have, how much contact you can have. And the teams that have the least amount of contact, you'll notice it. You'll see it right away, and you'll see it in poor tackling. You'll see it in poor fundamentals. Um, I like this move from Frost for a number of reasons. Number one, it's it's the right thing to do right now. The more ones versus ones is a good thing. Good on good, iron sharpens iron. You've heard that a hundred times before. All that's true. The other thing that I like about it is that it kind of has the I don't know the feel of a CEO move. I mean that that's the whole. That's that him further back and able to see that a big picture. Yes. Uh, problem. Yeah. Yeah. Look at instead of worrying about what the uh, the offensive game plan is going to be for next year or next week if he's looking at the team as a whole and, and identifying uh physicality as an issue then he can sit there and say well how do we attack that let's let's go ahead and let's start doing one more ones on ones yep and uh and let's get some more tackling in there let's do some goal line stuff with the lines you know and hopefully we see a better product better performance immediately on saturday i mean that's that's the goal there and and that we come out right away firing and we're not stuck at seven seven and a half yeah, absolutely. You know, Boomer, I've just realized that I think Honky set up this entire uh, show run just for him to talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? Yeah, he likes to talk, though. So, yeah, yeah, he, yeah I, I, he was walking around the uh, the Hell Varsity Club here earlier, and he's, like, shaking hands and patting mm-hmm. backs. It kind of reminds me, Honky, were you the, uh, like, social chair at your uh, frat? Ah, yes. It uh, feels like you're, like, Matt Honky, hey, damn glad to meet you. That's right. There you go. <laughs> my favorite line. Well, I've got some, some Theta's eyes back there, and, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, my – my fraternity days, I may, I was a little social sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you did a great job with that, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellent. Yeah, right. seven years of college. So. <laughs> uh, all right, well, we've got a few more videos here. I did I do see on the big screen here at Hell Varsity Club, we've got the uh, UCF-Louisville game is kicked off. Uh, I've got uh, UCF uh, covering a five-and-a-half, I believe, on that. So that's going to be an interesting one to watch by, tonight. By, by the way. Hail Varsity Club. This is a great setup. We came down here over the it's summer. Amazing. This is awesome out it's like here. Got Fifty TVs here, at least. Yeah, out here in La Vista. We're just on the other side of uh, the Cabela's. Great area out here. Um, and uh, come down here. I mean, the charcuterie. This gigantic. The Nebraska charcuterie. The Nebraska the charcuterie. This gigantic Absolutely. pretzel that has 
all kinds of goodies inside of it. Uh, looking at wings, we've got beers, and like I said, the Red Cast Cooler. Uh, I think is, it's in this hockey is right now. Citrus vodka, watermelon, <laughs> Malibu. Yeah, yeah, no, this is good. How long did you practice saying charcuterie before you gave that? Charcuterie. Very good. That's good. I like it. Is that uh, French for uh, meat and cheese? Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> French Romanian. <laughs> French Romanian. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I think that's your background, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, another uh, clip from uh, Frost here talking about uh, the injuries. And we have had, actually, uh, Nick Heinrich, a um, few others uh, go Volkolik down. Volkolik on offense. And, Two uh, of our captains there, yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. And uh, depth that is being created from that. Boomer? Yeah, for a couple of spots, I think it was good and, and could pay dividends down the road. Um, you know, Chris Kalarvik did a great job for us. Being a, you know, him being able to play inside linebacker and nickel for us uh, gives us some select flexibility. I thought Va played well. Uh, Ernest Hausman got some important early reps, and, and he's only going to continue to improve as athletic as he is. Um, so... And the, and the tight ends, the young tight ends, even A.J. getting some snaps is, is going to help them down the road. So uh, hopefully we'll get our guys back soon. Yeah, you know, we wanted to empty the bench against uh, North Dakota because we'd be up by so much. We didn't right. we didn't get that chance, but we kind of emptied it with some of the injuries. I mean, there's, there's <laughs> young the guys. Think of it. Houseman, you know, Columbus High grad. You know, yeah, it's awesome. Amazing. Starting in game two at, at inside linebacker there. Yeah. And, and he made some nice plays and showed some athleticism, and he – Whiffed on some plays and showed that he's a true freshman too. But those are those are meaningful reps for him to be getting now. And then uh, and then again at uh, at tight end, my goodness, between Rollins and Brewington and Hickman. Borkercher, yeah, and Hickman even. I mean, that's four tight ends that uh, were all out there. The two touchdown passes uh, went to tight yep, ends, that's right? And so uh, and I think Volkleck, he'll be back. Uh, I was watching him on the field before the game, and he was doing jumping jacks with the team. And for, yeah. For a guy that has a you know bum ankle, that's yeah, that's probably that's the best thing sign. about that is like of these injuries, it doesn't seem like any of them are going to be season long, right? We're expecting yeah. Nick and Travis to be back here, hopefully relatively soon, maybe as early as next week versus Oklahoma. I don't know about about um, tomorrow night. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right, Lee Boomer. Looks like we finally got special teams. He's <laughs> finally going to let you say. I'm glad I came. <laughs> All right. What, what Boomer is, is our Scott. special teams coordinator. For anyone new to this, Boomer is the special teams coordinator. So this is a this is yours. It's not just an analyst, right? I'd like to see that unit start helping us win games, and that's creating more impact plays uh, and not making any mistakes. Uh, I think we got the the people capable of doing that now, so they're going to get a lot of chances over ten more games. Yeah. What was the stat we we heard? We, we have had less punt return yards. Yeah, fewer punt return yards than the volleyball team won sets over the weekend, I think is what it was. So, and that was since, what, Purdue last year? Purdue last yeah. year, yeah. So we've we've had, had, they won three sets. We've, we've had, had two, two return yards. Two. Yes. Two. Two return yeah. yards since Purdue of a year ago. Yeah, you would think you could just accidentally be running forward and stumble catching a punt and fall forward three yards, and that would be a market improvement. So, you know, Frost mentioned a couple things. I, I guess if there's a positive to special teams this year, I wouldn't say it's lost us a game. We had that problem many, many times last well, year. Yeah. Unless you want to unless count, you want to his, count his call for yeah, the Yeah, I'm not blaming yeah. the kicker on that one. And that was, you know, we, we you know, flogged that Necratica equine a long time ago. So we'll let that slide. But uh, otherwise, you know, they haven't cost us any games yet. But we've seen in other games how important special teams is to winning it, uh, whether it's punting for Northwestern, how great they were at putting us deep. Uh, everybody watched uh, that 
debacle of an offensive game that Iowa played. The punter won the game yeah, for Iowa. Yeah, the punter won a game for them, essentially. It took that, them three scores to get seven points. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Well, and they won. Safety yeah, and because they won. the punter yeah. buried the South Dakota State inside the 10. Yeah. yeah. And our punting has been good, but our punt return definitely is lacking. We're just not getting any production, and that's and especially once you get to Big Ten play. We've seen how it flips fields and is going to continue to flip fields. Mm-hmm. So we need to start getting some return. We've got the talent again. Mm-hmm. Frosted himself, we have players back there that can field punts. They haven't dropped one yet or, you know, fallen backwards into the end zone. So that's a plus. <laughs> that's, but, yeah. So, again, we're baby stepping. But let's see one get caught and go forward, see what happens. That's what I, I want to see that this week. So. I mean, this is an incredibly low bar that, that we're setting. But, like, it's this ba- isn't even a bar. This is just like a stripe painted on the field. It's, it's, just, a, just it's baby steps ball. just to catch the ball. And and last week, IGC. It's a few scary he, moments. He, he ran up there, caught the one at the 22. And it was a good catch. And he had yep. to go low for it. But actually, that's a step. That's a step forward because he caught that ball that if he lets that bounce, that goes down to the five-yard line. Yep. And how many countless – this gets into the, the yards per point stat that you always do yep. with Phil Strill. The amount of yards that Nebraska has to, to gain to score our points compared to, say, Iowa in a lot of games. Yeah. It, it becomes – it's an efficiency thing. So people want to talk about yards per per rush or yard. No, yards per point is what matters. And Nebraska has gone – 70 yards on drives and scored nothing. We've gone 80 yards on drives and scored nothing. We've gone 90 yards and missed a field goal and you score nothing. So tons of yards. Didn't we like over 100 yards last year? Against Wisconsin in 2019, because of not catching up, or the punt went out of bounds at the three-yard line, so we started at the three. We went 95 yards down the field. We had a 15-yard penalty that we had to make up. So we had over 100 yards on one drive, and, and because it was late enough in the game, we had to go for it on fourth and didn't get it. That is the most un- inefficient That's offense. Inefficient. Yes. Whereas yeah, Iowa, yeah. yeah. Whereas <laughs> Iowa, whose offense, I mean, is just they, they take they take football they, they back hundred years. Seven points last week. I think they only had one hundred and sixty-one yards of total offense. Their quarterback the had a one-point-one rating. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean that is that's almost impossible. It's it's so bad, but they won. But and they won. They won, and and that so performance aside, other yep. times Iowa will win with twenty-five points that they score. But they're 25 points. We'll score 25, and we do it with 500 yards. They score 25 with 200 yards because they win special teams. They win the, the, the field position. They, they get turnovers. Right. They yep. make every uh, field goal that they kick. They are more efficient. And so what Husker fans want is a more efficient team with the talent and explosiveness that they've already been showing for four years. Yeah. We, we've done things offensively to Wisconsin's defense that a lot of teams can't do. And it put up yards on them, but then it just doesn't account to points, and we get the same L, maybe by one score or less. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's the only it's stat that really matters. Still a loss. Still a loss. And sure. for Iowa, we, we can make fun of their 7-3 to three win. It's still a win. Yep. And, and they'll go back to the drawing board this week in practice and, and probably have some really physical practices. And we'll get to this in the betcast, but they'll probably go and play Iowa State and win it and, yeah. and go to 2-0. and and that's what they do, and and it'll be an ugly two and zero, and their fans will will boo their their offensive coordinator. But, they're but he'll, he'll get a six month extension out of it. Well, anyways. yeah, it's yeah. Iowa. So. Well, Brian Ferentz definitely will get a six month extension, and they get a touchdown this week. I think mm-hmm. that's in the contract, even if it's defensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hawk. Is there anything else before we get to that betcast? No, I think we should head over there. You mean uh, there wasn't any frost footage left? I mean, uh, <laughs> I think he, I think including he the entire presser. <laughs> Now, let's go to the BetCast. The BetCast Picks of the Week. All right, Boomer, you want to bring up our uh, graphic there? We do our best bets of the week, and 
we uh, I got those in. I think uh, graphics guy Swobes, who's here tonight, actually got the the graphic ready, and we tweeted that out last night or this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, producer Skip has gotten Alabama at minus twenty uh, versus Texas. That is in Austin. Is that big noon kickoff? Yes, yes. But yeah. Texas isn't back, Dave. Is that what Skip's <laughs> implying there? Well, I, I got I got Alabama at nineteen and a half, so I'm in the same camp. I call, uh, uh, until Texas proves me they're back, I'm going to take Bama. Last time Alabama was in the state of Texas, they lost a And M. I don't think Nick Saban is too excited about losing to another assistant coach that he uh, once mentored. So uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, Boomer, uh, you took USC, the Trojans, the Southern Cal minus seven and a half uh, versus Stanford. That's in uh, Stanford, I believe. Yeah, back, a matchup of future Big Ten teams, apparently. So, I, I, I hear uh, the students. The students aren't. Um, uh, back on the Stanford campus, uh, so instead of having, oh, I don't know, three or four thousand people there, they might only have two <laughs> or three. I don't know. Um, it, and then uh, myself, I got uh, the Duke Northwestern under at fifty-seven and a half. Um, and then Rob, who is the only uh, bet caster who is two and zero so far this year, mm-hmm. uh, keeps it local out there in Colorado. Takes his takes the Air Force Falcons minus seventeen and a half at home versus Colorado. Uh, the buffs are atrocious this year, and I don't know if Carl Perel will make it through October 1st, it's hard to tell. <laughs> uh, Boomer, are you feeling, feeling good about your pick with uh, the Trojans? I think so. Uh, they they put up a lot of points, I think, this week, or this, this last week. I know it was a scrub team, but I think they've got talent, and yes, you've got I a coach that I think is willing to go out there and try to put up a lot of points, and I think they'll be able to do that against Stanford, who's just kind of plodding along so far this year. Yeah, you know, I've heard uh, – so Stanford played – God, it was, I, I forget who it was, but they, they, they actually, I think, won 49-7 to seven or something right. like that. And their quarterback, um, the, uh, I think it's Tyler McGee, um, is an NFL prospect, right? He was a five-star guy. Um, he's just kind of um, not really done much there, and, and obviously they've only won three or four games per year. But um, it'll be interesting to see that matchup. Uh, some folks are high on, on the Cardinal actually taking down the Trojans. So um, I, I, I'm riding with uh, you on that one, Boomer. I, I put that in my my uh, list, but I'm not overly confident. That's right. You didn't put the mortgage on it, though. Did you? No, okay, no, not at all. Uh, I can't, can't promise that Skip didn't put the mortgage on Alabama, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially when you can get that one at 19 and a half or 20. That's I think that's an easy three-touchdown game. So Yeah, I mean, you yeah. can worry about the backdoor cover, obviously. Um, but I... I, I I definitely took the first half with Alabama as well and minus all and a half, I think. And it's probably one of the best bets you can always put is a Nick Saban coach team um, covering the first half of most of their games. What is the first half? Uh, I think spread? it's 11 and a half, maybe 12 and a half now. Probably gone up. I got it at 11 and a half. That'd be days interesting ago. for us to go back and look at how many times has Alabama covered the first half spread. Yeah, it's like 75% of the time. Yeah, we'll like put a chart together on that. Yeah, it's really well. They're good. Um, well, we can run through a few other games, uh, talking Big Ten as well, but maybe just really quick before the game gets decided, we have UCF and and Louisville going off right now. I don't see it on – It's a – Oh, it's right above us. I see it. Perfect. Yeah. Did Louisville just go – Oh, I did not want to hear that. All right. Well, I got UCF covering the five-and-a-half there. Uh, Louisville looked atrocious last weekend there in a loss of Syracuse, but maybe uh, Scott Serafield will uh, save his job and – and beat the Knights. Uh, we'll see. Later on tonight, Boise State is taking on New Mexico. Uh, Boise State also is reeling a little bit. They lost last week to uh, what looked to be a pretty good Oregon State team. And um, 
and we'll see. Uh, Big Ten wise, Boomer. Um, I'll just run them down and, and see what you think. You got Minnesota versus Western Illinois. You think Minnesota can actually cover 40 and a half? Uh, that's a lot of points for Minnesota. I mean, they looked <laughs> good in that first game they played. They actually put up a lot of offense, and they got their second stringers and third stringers in in that game, which is something we hope we would be doing, you know, in our in our warm-up games for the year. 40 is a lot of points for a Gophers team because I think they will get to those 30s and then be playing all the backups again. So I could see that being another 37, 38 to nothing type win for them or, you know. Yeah, 40 points is just asking a lot for the Gophers to score on their own, I think. But. They need to shut out the Bulldogs of Western Illinois with that. Huh? Yeah. Is it the Bulldogs? Is that right? Yeah. 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 Or they have the Leathernecks, and they use a Bulldog as a mascot. They use the – I see a Bulldog yeah. as a I mascot. I think they're actually technically the Leathernecks. So. That's it, the Leathernecks, yeah. right. Mm. You know, the, the – First game of the Callahan era, I think we played them. Oh, yeah? You know, I, I think the trivia on that is they're the only non-service academy that uses a, like, a, a military – I don't want to say symbol, but like a, a mascot of that nature, right? Interesting. Uh, yeah. Next trivia, Leatherneck in, in the G.I. Joe series. Leatherneck was from uh, Strongsburg, Nebraska. It all comes full circle. The only oh, G.I. Joe from Nebraska. Amazing. Yeah. I, can't, I can't fact check that either. All right, so we're just going to run this. You don't familiar. have to, but it, it, is, right. it is true. Yeah. We, just don't, we don't yeah. have to fact check it. Yeah. Um, other interesting mascots, Arkansas State, the Red Wolves, uh, taking on Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State. Uh, 44 and a half point favorites. Eesh. Yeah, exactly. I think Arkansas State won by 40 some points last week. So there could be like one of those switches where they actually like win by, you know, seven touchdowns and lose by seven touchdowns. I think Ohio State's probably going to try to prove a point that um, last week's kind of struggle offensively versus Notre Dame uh, was uh, nothing to be worried about. But we'll see. I don't know. I already mentioned the Duke Northwestern game. Um, I took the under in that game. Uh, I got it at 58 and a half. I think it's at 57 right now. Um, I think that was just an overreaction to Duke and Northwestern actually winning their first games, <laughs> including beating us. Uh, I don't think their offenses are that good, and I think Pat Fitzgerald will probably be more conservative versus a Duke team that I think he can win with a more conservative game plan. Uh, so uh, I, I think that I'm feeling pretty good about that being under. Uh, Penn State versus Ohio. Um, who's the head coach at Ohio? Oh, is it uh, Tim Albin now? Tim Albin is there, yeah, absolutely. Former Nebraska Well, uh, and they, now they play on the Frank Solich Field. That's right. Uh, at Peden Stadium, uh, one of the stops that we did on the Redcast uh, Road Tour this summer. Uh, you when, did. Well, I did. Like, I call it the Redcast Road Tour. It's just me it's, driving it's, it's Kathy. It's an annual occurrence. Me taking Kathy and Alex to places that they have no choice but to go. You know, yeah. you spoil them. I, I know. Yeah. How many hours out of the way can we go to see another uh, NCAA and football Kathy stadium? Kathy sleeps for most of it anyway, and then she just wakes up. and then, you Yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know me all too well. I know. It's a beautiful thing. Um, anyway, the point is the Bobcats are visiting um, uh, uh, University Park and Beaver Stadium there, and Penn State is a big favorite, about a four-touchdown favorite. Have not touched that. Boomer, uh, no, any, any no, interest? I, no interest in Penn State. <laughs> this is an air soaring that I have not heard a lot of the national uh, betting pundits talk much about, and that is – Washington State uh, coming in uh, to uh, Camp Randall, taking on Wisconsin. Uh, Badgers are a 17-point favorite, over under at 49. Uh, and, you know, Washington State has the, the, the high-flying offense out there. Um, didn't look good in their first first uh, week at all. They did um, pull out a victory, but I, I think they had to have a, a, a late um, fourth-quarter comeback there to do that. Uh, Wisconsin looked really good. Graham Mertz actually looked relatively efficient in that first game. 
I'm not going to say Graham Mertz is back, but at least he didn't look bad. Um, and it's really all, all about the running anyway. So I don't know. 17 points. I kind of like the Badgers on that. 17, you think? And would you go I, over I or under play on it. that? I didn't yeah. play it, okay. but I would, I would, I think, I think Wisconsin probably wins that by more than 17. And would you take the over then? Or are you still thinking under at that point? I might take the under because I just don't know if Washington State's going to do anything. I don't know. I'm not so, going to over. I'm, I, I didn't bet it because I, I don't know enough about Wazoo yet, I guess. I've got to say this, though. Uh, last week, Wisconsin, they had like a, what, like a 31-point spread or whatever, and, and they they beat it. They had more yeah, than that. they covered it. Kathy did, is in a like some work pool, and she picked 10 games. She probably won, right? She got eight of 10 games right. <laughs> Can we have her on as a guest picker next I week? I mean, it was, ins- it was insane. She's, show- she's showing me this, and it's like, is this good? Is this good? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, goodness, you know, I mean, and she's, you know, picking by color and, you know, what the what the mascots, <laughs> the mascots are. are. And my goodness, she yeah. got 8 of 10, and good for her. That's right. Well, we're going to keep on running through these Big Ten games, but if any of the audience members out there here at the Hell Varsity Club have a, uh, a best bet of the week, uh, come on up and let us know, and we can talk about that game. And, Dave, part of the, the audience is what Boomer's dealing with here, too, or <laughs> working with here, yeah. is our live audience, and, and there's quite a bit of feedback coming in there, too. So anyone uh, watching us live, if you've got a game of the week, you know, feel free to throw it out there to the bedcast, too. Yeah, absolutely. Boomer, interrupt me at any time. Uh, if you got anything, uh, any hot takes over there. Uh, Maryland and Charlotte, Terps, uh, 26 and a half point favorites. Charlotte is horrible, guys. I mean, they're really bad. They, they lost uh, Bill and Mary last week. That's William they and lost Mary. William and Mary. Yeah. And it actually just was Bill and Mary. It wasn't <laughs> an actual dollar. So, yeah. I think it was. I mean, Bill's a big guy. Don't get me wrong. But uh, they, they lost to William and Mary. They're 0-2. Uh, they're horrible. Uh, defense is bad. I think the line is too low. I took Maryland in this game. Um, I like them. I think I I'd, I'd agree with you on that one, Dave. I mean, Maryland's getting hyped this year, but I think it'll be deserved in these early games. And, yeah, Charlotte's a good team to just take it all out on. And, yeah. yeah, early in the year, you just got to kind of ride teams that you, you don't trust. The same thing with, like, Hawaii right now. And I, I don't see much in Charlotte. We'll see. Uh, Michigan State has Akron coming to town. Michigan State favored by 35. No idea on that one. Uh, but let's talk about this one here. Iowa State, Iowa, obviously right across the border here. Mm-hmm. This is uh, the rivalry game uh, for the two schools. Uh, Iowa is favored by three and a half, which is only half of what they scored last week. Yeah. yeah and, I heard people say, is that the over under? So, yeah. you know, I, I mean, that's. I, I, you might get some people to take that <laughs> after you watch that game last week. The yeah. highlights. Matt Campbell, is he's, he's gone over against the uh, Iron Six. Uh, versus Iowa, I believe. Uh, over under is forty, okay. which is that's an academy number right there. It's super low. Okay. Um, it started around forty one and a half, maybe forty two, and has gone down. So the action's been on the on the under on that. Uh, it's really low though. I mean, that's and to your point, Iowa just does this every single year, right? They uh-huh. look, look like crap for one game, and then they'll come out and they'll somehow they'll probably score three defensive touchdowns, right, uh-huh. against Iowa State. So I don't know. Game of special teams and turnovers, and whoever has a whoever probably wins the turnover battle and the uh, penalty battle in that game is probably going to win it and yeah. win it low scoring and yeah. close. R- remind me, has with Matt Campbell's teams like last year's game, they were hyped and I think they were probably favored to win, and they didn't. The other five five games versus Iowa, have they been close? Yeah, they, like, I know one of them is like a last second win that uh, Iowa right. had one of the years and. Yeah, I don't know. They've had their number. Ferentz yeah, really. That had, sounds familiar. I don't know why. He's had our number. He's had Minnesota's number. Yeah, he's he's had a number of people's number. 
Well, he's worth every penny. Number. Um, Virginia, Illinois. Uh, this is a, a nice um, power five versus power five. No idea though. Illinois is favored by four there in Champaign. Indiana uh, going to Purdue. Indiana State. Oh, Indiana State. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, the Sycamore is taking on Purdue. Uh, I don't see a line on that one right now. I'm sure Boomer probably could find it for me. But Indiana State. Yeah, those FCS. are tough ones. Wagner, Rutgers, Rutgers. This Georgia Southern versus Nebraska game. I mean, I don't know. So what, um, what is it right now, Georgia-Southern-Nebraska? It is 23-and-a-half is the line right now. But Uncle Dwayne, what would you do with the 23-and-a-half? Under? They won't, so we they won't, won't cover, cover that? That's, that's right from Honky's Uncle Dwayne right there. Hmm? We haven't covered all year. Hmm? They do. You're you're getting. I mean, Georgia Southern. I'm sure has quality athletes. You're down in uh, in, in the hotbed of recruiting there, Georgia and South Florida, North Florida. Yeah. Well, so, hopefully, I mean, this is what I'd love to see. The 23. It, it, what would yes. be a sign of the progress is that we have taken care of this team, taken care of them early. I'd like to see the 23 and a half at halftime. Yeah. You know, I mean, oh, come out and, and take, take the. The longer you let a team in the game, the longer you let them play with you, that's where you're really going to be in trouble. So, yeah. We better, as Uncle Dwayne is saying, they pass the ball and we better be able to defend that. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to throw it 50 times. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see yeah. if it's raining or not, right? I mean, that's that's the big question. It might be done by then. I don't know. But the over-under 62 and a half. Mm-hmm. 3821 is what Uncle Dwayne says. All right. All right. Nebraska, Nebraska, by the way. Anyone so. else with uh, bold predictions out there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, game I do have action on uh, Hawaii versus Michigan. So yes. Hawaii's bad, right? They, they yeah, almost lost. The, uh, they did lose last week. Who did they lose to? I thought it was Elon. I thought they. they yeah, I, I can't even recall. Yeah, who it, was. It, it wasn't good. No. Uh, so Hawaii uh, lost to Vanderbilt 63 to 10 in week zero. Um, oh my gosh. Timmy Chang is the co- coach out there, and I, I'd like to think that he can turn that around, but he's got to be, geez, I don't know, 10 yeah. years younger than us, for goodness sakes. Um, and Harbaugh loves to run the score up uh, at home. Uh, they won 51 to 7 against Colorado State last week. Colorado State's much better than Hawaii. Uh, there's a good chance here for a backdoor cover. It's risky to take anything at 50. It's gone up to 52, though. I took it for the, the sport of it, right? I mean, it's just too mm. fun not to, to take a 50 point. 50-point spread. And then finally, we have Idaho versus Indiana. Uh, the eyes have it yeah, on that I one. I got nothing on that one. No interest in Idaho. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yep. All right, Boomer, anything else out there that's uh, got, caught your eye with your the bets of the week? No, I like what we went through. So I like our bet picks of the week. I think we're all doing fairly well. And as long as Big Ten refs aren't calling any of the games I pick anymore, we'll be fine. <laughs> so. Trying to see if there's anybody else out there trying to, you know, Log on to their um, illegal sports books. and well, luckily, they go right across the river here. That's true. In Omaha. They're, they're they jumping into their Will we be able to do sport, uh, sports betting once the casinos open here? Has that been ruled? That's a boomer. I, uh, I don't know when that was going to start here. It, it, I think fairly soon, but they got to get the casinos up and around and get all that done. And then we couldn't even play this week anyway with Nebraska. So you, so you wouldn't yes, be, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't be able to do it Nebraska this week. Yep. So, so. Mm. yeah, the question there is, can you, will you be able to actually gamble off site? Or you need to be at the casino. I don't. I think you have to be at the casino. Is my understanding. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be doing. You know, well, those will be very popular. Yes. <laughs> so. All right. 
All right, so um, we'll run just through a few more, and then we can can wrap up. If anybody else has any bets out there they want to talk about, uh, me and Boomer can pretty much job out any college football game you can imagine. Uh, Wake Forest Vanderbilt is one that I've, I've circled. Um, this is a game that has moved a lot because Sam Hartman, the uh, Wake Forest quarterback, is supposedly going to play this this Saturday. Um, line opened up at 6.5. It's now at 12.5, but... Uh, I think that Vanderbilt um, win at Hawaii has uh, kind of inflated their reputation, so I, I think I'm taking the Demon Deacons on that one. Um, we've got Kentucky versus Florida this week. Uh, that line's been moving around about five and a half or six. Uh, I kind of like Florida on that one because I don't trust Kentucky, but that's, yeah, that's a tough one. That was my approach, too. I didn't know if I trusted Kentucky a whole lot in a big game scenario. And Florida kind of showed something last week. You've got Billy Napier, you know, first game. You've got Utah, Pac-12 team getting a ton of hype. And that was their chance to really make their statements for the year and how they yeah. belong in a, in a title picture. And Florida pulled off a win. So I think that gives them confidence in, in that staff early. And, and it's at the swamp. Know, Kentucky yep. hasn't won there in forever. So. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just don't trust Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback. You know, we, we played Penn State a few years ago. He was uh, came in for. Sean Clifford, that was the game that we uh, – it was Luke McCaffrey, Will Levis Bowl there, essentially. Uh, and, and without impact players like Juan Dale at Kentucky, there's just – yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. no way to make that up. So. That's right. That's right. Uh, another good one, uh, Tennessee-Pittsburgh. Uh, a lot of uh, talk on that one. I, I kind of like Pittsburgh on that one uh, at uh, plus six and a half. Uh, almost going to touchdown. If you wait long enough uh, tomorrow, you might get a full touchdown on that one. But it should be a really good game, I think. That's a, a, a good matchup uh, early in the season. Um, one more, one more, one more. What do we got? One more. Make it count, Dave. Pick your best one. Oh, well, let's do uh, Arizona, oh, Mississippi State, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Huh? I think that's gonna be a fun one. That's a Pac-12 after dark action there. Uh, I think Arizona's a lot better uh, this year. They've already proved it by beating San Diego State last week, and I, I think uh, they can cover the eleven points there. Um, Boomer, I think might have a different opinion. No, I think covering the 11 points is probably fair. I could see it being a 10-point win. I want to see that yeah. to be going over. I'd love to see that be like one of these 63 to 61 type games. That's certainly not out of the realm of possibility given the teams involved there. So, yeah, I think you're probably right with an 11-point spread. I think I would might take Arizona on that. I could see Mississippi State squeaking that out by 9 or 10 there. I think it would be quite legit. So, Yep, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, uh, Honky, what's your best bet of the week? Uh, Huskers. All right. Any, any particular we'll, sports or just anything? You know? <laughs> no, just uh, Huskers and Huskers. Huskers, in Huskers like will that. cover. Yep. We'll Huskers cover do, something. This is a this is a week that we're going to cover. All right, I like it. All right, well, let's get to our parting shots and honky. Take it away. Uh, well, I have a couple, of course. First, uh, I want to start by recognizing uh, really the full Redcast crew. So, I mean, we're up here on stage, Boomer, Dave, and I. Redcast Rob is actually in Omaha right now. He's came down from Colorado, but he's at the three eleven concert, so that's why. He, uh, he is not here tonight. Uh, graphic designer Swobe sitting right over there. Uh, this uh, this guy, he, he plays a big role. All the graphics you've seen, uh, that's that's all him. You know, all the all design. On social media. We also, if it was left up to me, uh, we were from Columbus. We would be the Columbus Boys podcast. The Platt, or the, or the Platt County Platt, Boys, I believe. The Platt was County Boys, I think, was one of my You're options. You're big on the outline. And so I, and I gave Dan some design ideas. I, I, I said, <laughs> put the Platte County outline and then like throw our faces in there. And that would be like the, the podcast. And Dan, who does this for a living, he's good working with clients. He was like, yeah, you know, honky, that's a good idea, but let me kind of rework it a little differently. And that was just kind of his way of saying, shut up and let me, let me and do then my renamed job. us. And we are the go big red cast because of Dan. Yep. Uh, we, 
you know, the funny thing too, is that I, we had at least me, I had never been on a podcast, never listened to one ever before we did it. So we did zero market research. Uh, we, there was already Good one out there. Business plan there. There was one, the big red cop cast. We came out, we were the go big red cast. They had a corn, corn cob mic for their design. And we had a mic for our design. I mean, it looked like we just copied everything. It was like, no, we just, we literally did no research. And, um, but uh, that's so unlike you not to do your homework. <laughs> well, and so when Dan came up with that Go Big Redcast, I was like, what the hell is a Redcast? That, that doesn't make sense. But you know what? Thank you, Dan. Um, Mac. Mac isn't here tonight, but um, Mac is one of our original guys here. And there's an entire table dedicated to Mac sitting back there. Uh, and, you know, Mac went on the uh, the ill the old trip of going to uh, Champagne last. Shouldn't have done that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Poor decision. Dean and Marine, we, we stayed at their place out in, in Wyoming, Illinois, on the way out there. Uh, Max's uh, sister and brother-in-law. But um, that was a, just the worst of the worst games. And so when we came back, Mac was like, I'm done. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he, he, he was done. But, you know, it's funny. When you get to talk to Tom Osborne and Damon Benning and Michael Severe and some of the guests, Stephen Sipple, that we've had on, it's funny how Mac kind of came back for those. And I was like, hey, you yeah. know, I, I think I can chat with those guys. And uh, and Mac is, is absolutely a part of this and, and the reason we are where we are at now. And last but not least, producer Skip and all the, the intro videos and and uh, our PSAs. I, I still go out there and listen to Suit, S-O-O-T, stay off of Twitter. That's I hope he creates more of those because he is so talented in some of the, the fun stuff that uh, he has created. He's the reason we have a podcast. Mm -hmm. So That is. Yeah, I mean, David, you know. That's maybe something the after party shots. Story we can talk yeah, about. you could you could give that since this is a chance here for it. But the other thing I want to do, and this is a question kind of to the crowd, and I think the people that are watching us live too, if, if you type it in, this is a really cool opportunity for us this weekend. Is these press passes? They don't do this for for just fan, any old fan podcast. I mean, it's really uh, it's been five plus years. I had one someone reached out to us and said, "How can we get them?" And I'm like, "Well, apply." But it's been five plus years of. 400 shows that we've done now that's what it's taken shows? that's what it's taken for us to get to this Holy point cow. um but we have two guys sitting on each side of me that's going to be going there they're going to be at the press conference tomorrow is there any question that somebody would want to ask coach <laughs> ross at the, at the presser is there any question out there yell it out to us we've got two guys that at least could have an opportunity i'm not saying it's going to happen but <laughs> does anyone have a question and again the people following along if you have a question, type it out there. Um, <laughs> I think that's good advice from Uncle Dwayne right there. That's well, a hot question. Just you, avoid that. You can always reach out to us on social media there. Uh, we're on Twitter at GoBigRedCast, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Let us know if you've got some ideas. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow, night game. Uh, it, the whole crew is down there. So uh, really looking forward to it. Go Big Red. All right. How many, how many parting shots was that? Uh, I think he went on the over this time. It was, time. Two, it was yeah. two with about 50 things in each one, though. So It felt like that was over four. Yeah. The over-under is usually three and a half. That's what yep, we yep. the line. Boomer? Uh, all right, Boomer. Well, I think Hockey blew the quota on parting shots there. So uh, <laughs> I just want to just you know say thanks to Herdad Media and the Hale Varsity Club for having a serious and yep. a fun time to do this live and everyone that came out. And uh, I'm sure we'll hang out and chat some more after this and uh, have a fun time this weekend and go Big Red. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks to our families for letting us do this yeah. as well, right? You know, so absolutely awesome that everybody supports us. Really appreciate it. Uh, for now, let's call that a Go Big Redcast.